I have a dream that all men are created equal. Everybody, welcome back to your story. I'm your host Ian Kath. This is episode 37. Hey, I hope everybody's well. I hope you're all having a good time out there, whatever you're up to. Another episode for you. Only a month before I'm heading off to Buenos Aires and do my thing. I don't know if you've heard about this. I've mentioned it a couple of little times. I do a bit of tango. Yeah, I've been doing it for a couple of years. So a whole group of us are going over to Buenos Aires in Argentina to uh, have a bit of a crack at tango and learn from the masters over there where it all originated. I'm going over for two reasons. One is the tango. But secondly, I'm also going over to do some podcasting. I hope that I can catch up with some people over there. I'm also going to do a few addendum episodes and you know, what I see about Buenos Aires and what I think of the place. quite like doing those addendum little episodes and uh, might shoot a bit of video and slap together a few things. I want to work quite hard. I want to see if I can get a fair bit of content out while I'm over there. So I've got a few very particular goals in mind. But as I know from traveling, it can be a little bit harrowing trying to get it all together when it's so much fun and having such a good time. So we'll see. Anyway, only about three weeks to go before I go over there, and uh, if you know anybody in BA and you would like to uh, head them my way, I'd really appreciate it. I'd love any contacts, any advice, any places I should go and see, any galleries, any funky things to do. Uh, if you know anything about the whole Buenos Aires, Argentina thing, let me know. I'd love to know about it. The contact, of course, is chat at yourstorypodcast.com. Over on the site, of course, yourstorypodcast.com. You can leave a post, you can do all the usual things, the iTunes, the feeds, they're all the links are there. Stumble it, dig it, you know, I've told you all about it heaps of times before. Please support me by just mentioning it to other people. Burn, go and burn a couple of CDs and throw it to your friends, whack it on a thumb drive, share it all around. I uh, bumped into somebody a couple of days ago at a uh, bit of a meetup that we had here in Brisbane and I just told him briefly what I what it was all about and he went, oh yeah, you know, gave him my business card and uh, he went and had a bit of a look at the list of people that I've spoken to and he was a little bit surprised so he'll probably you know if you if you're there and you happen to be listening to it well welcome you know welcome to any new people who've just discovered the show i love doing it, i love putting it out i love meeting these people and meeting people is what i can actually do because of this show because way back two years ago before i even started your story i was you know i was developing it i was learning how to do it i was coming up with the idea I was at the Powerhouse, which is a, a performance art space here in Brisbane. And I was there with a couple of friends, and it was Sunday afternoon, and there was a bit of music, live music going on, and 
this fellow got up on the stage and then the sound started and it was different it was you know it was electronic and there was this really weird whip rhythm and beat to it and then all of a sudden there was didgeridoo and i went wow what's that you know i always recognize didgeridoo and i saw him and he was he was standing there by himself with this thing in his on his head and he was playing the didgeridoo and then all of a sudden he did something with the didgeridoo and even as I speak it, I, I can feel it now. The, I felt a shiver up my spine. He had a didgeribone. Now, what's a didgeribone? A didgeribone is basically a combination of a, a didgeridoo and a trombone. It's a slide didge. It enables you to have all these different notes. And I have known about the didgeribone since the 80s because of Charlie McMahon, who is the mentor of all things didge here in Australia as far as popular music is concerned. And... I just recognized it and I went, my God, he's got a didgeribone and I've never seen one. It was just an epiphany for me and I was so excited. I listened to the music that he produced and I thought, this man, one day, I'm going to have on the podcast. Today, I introduce you to Adrian. Adrian Fabula is uh, this very person and because of uh, his amazing music and my desire to hook up with him, I sent him an email and we got together. And we uh, made this little episode. Not only does he use the didgeribone, he uses this thing called a face bass. He explains to us in the show what it was all about, but basically he picks up all this sound that he makes with his mouth. He whacks it through some electronic samplers, some guitar pedals, some distortion, some reverb, mixes it all together live on the stage, and then punches out this sound. It's electric, slide, didgeridoo, beatbox, face bass, just extraordinary sound. Um... The sounds that you hear him make, he makes entirely with his mouth through all this equipment, with the face bass and the didgeridoo. I just hope that the quality of the MP3 compression here is uh, enabling the sound to come through and the quality that he produces. It is just staggering. And if you ever get a chance to check him out live, make sure you do it. It's just extraordinary. Over at the site, there's a little bit more. I shot a bit of video with him, and I put that up as well as, well as quite a few links over to uh, different... You know, YouTube sites and things where you can go and watch some more video. The album, if you're interested in, in, is Stomping Ground. It's available. There are links both on his site and on my site, so you can go over there and get it as well. It's just extraordinary. I hope you love it. Check this guy out. He is just extraordinary. He's a machine. This is Drupal Rules Story. Sound. Mate, I love your music. <laughs> I freaking love it. Hey, Jim Fabula. G'day, hey, mate. Hey, nice to meet you, Ian. Trooper, Trooper, how do you pronounce it? 
Jupuru. 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 Yeah. Um, Let's turn this down. What an extraordinary bit of kit, mate. Will you uh, like to show us around it? Show yeah, us yeah, how yeah, it sure. all works. Um, starts off with the mouth. Yeah. You know, um, a lot of people who, who are involved with with didgeridoo playing or, or or any 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 talk about didgeridoo will let's get to reality it's the didgeridoo is an acoustic amplifier for a vibrating yeah. you know mouth um so um without it without without this the didgeridoo you all you would be hearing is <laughs> something a, a, a baby does yeah a bit boring yeah, so. you know yeah. so a sound we all know, but as soon as you you get a, a log, a hollow log, you know, block it up at one end, that whole sound then is is changed to. I'll, I've got a collection here of my instrument. Um, then it just changes into the. You know, which is which is the familiar didgeridoo that we all know. The, the, Familiar didgeridoo sound, um, but this is not no. our familiar didgeridoo. This no. is the didgeribone. The didgeribone, yeah, a, a good old Charlie McMahon invention. I'm lucky. I'm probably one of the few guys in the world that has didgeribone Mark One, the original didgeribone Mark Two and Mark Three. Three. Well, Mark One would be actually Charlie's original didgeribone back in the eighties, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. The original one, he it was just too white. Plumbing pipes, PVC pipes, PVC pipes right. that he um, whizzed up together, and uh, he got the idea around about '81 when I first heard him on on radio. He's, he's gone to Wonderland music, but when he was doing Diesel Dust that album with yeah. um, Mid, uh, Midnight Oil, and they're all out Northern Territory doing this this tour, and was where he'd come up with the idea and um, put these pretty much put these two pipes together, and that was part one of didgeridoo like officially i think something that he played off okay. on stage okay. with. these are the instruments i mean i i play them because it saves me carrying the, the 10 didgeridoos but also they're all actual marked you know with the different notes f from, e d sharp yep starts from g all the way down to b flat which isn't marked but you've got your basic ones from c just up give there. us the time time yeah shift. so so if, if you're playing c and and this is the octave from middle C below, right? Right. So. And then if you add your, those are the drone notes, all right? You, you add all your hoots to it. And then you can go an extra octave high if you. Simply so by pursing your lips in a different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's where you go into the playing, just like a Western trumpet, trombone. Right. right. Uh, okay, et cetera, so, et so this is the didgeribone. What's yeah. this? What's this thing that you got in your mouth, mate? Okay, the uh, we get into the face bass, and the face bass was another Charlie McMahon. He's the man. Uh, he's, he's, he's the man. It's pretty much got a on the tip, on the end of it. It's a uh, accelerometer. Type gizmo for those who the basics of it for plain English for anyone who doesn't understand that you'd say it's a seismic sensor. Okay, this and is probably the same thing that's in mobile phones these days in uh, the, the iPhone and, and the like. Mm, 
possibly. Over. Yeah, they've got they've got accelerometers in them nowadays. Have they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, the well, this one in in, in particular, it's, it's it comes from stuff that gets put in the ground. You know, to pick yeah. pick up seismic vibration. It doesn't work like a microphone at all. A lot of people say it's a, oh yeah, that, it's a mouth mic or something, but it actually doesn't work at all like that. If I turn it up, for example, I wind her up here in through the speaker and nothing's happening. It's on It's on full. If I blow into it, it picks up the vibration of the air because it's the high pressure. Okay, so you've got that. Now, if I just touch it. Across your teeth. Across the teeth. Yeah. It, it's live. That so it's feeling movement. It's not. Yeah. It's not hearing sound. It's not hearing yeah. sound. It cannot pick up like you know sound wave. Yeah, right. Okay, so so you put it on your head, a bit like wearing a it's, uh, it's, telephone headset. Yeah, it, it, it's made like a an area, like a straight line, and we just then fit it to suit. You know. Yep. And then it goes into the gob like this. Yep. Mouth. So it's hooked into the cheek of, yep. inside the cheek of your mouth. Yep. Now, and and when you're using it, you, you have to totally change the way that you would play didgeridoo because usually when you're blowing down your your volume the amount of volume that you need you is, is dependent on on how hard you're, you're you're pushing area whereas this we have to make sure our mouth is actually vibrating with the face space you know, yeah bit so like for example I'm, I'm speaking with it it's on I haven't turned volume down but there's hardly anything coming out of it until I blow and then I concentrate my the cheek vibrate the whole mouth touching the, the pipe so there's okay. two sounds one coming off the face yep. base and one coming out the end one of the coming at the end yeah yep. right and usually on stage how what I would do is mic the end as well but most of the bulk of the mix is what's happening inside. So I actually, if you took away, if the, the style I was playing, um, like for example, if you took the volume away now, and I played as if I'm playing face space, it's different to Which is when you took is, the face space out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so the two different sounds mm. are there because one, I, I'm, I'm not worrying about the face space, so I concentrate on blowing out the volume out there and then it sort of opens up the sound up. But mm. because this is inside, it's, we're trying to capture what's inside the mouth. Mm. So that's the, the difficulty in, 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 in getting a face space and even working with one, you know. Oops, the dreaded case of lost data, folks, sorry. Unfortunately, Adrian was just explaining to us there basically how he goes about getting his equipment and putting it all together. It's a case of all these different components, guitar pedals to distort the sound and gear to loop it and bring it backwards and forwards. And uh, he basically digs it up, a lot of it secondhand and uh, through garage sales and the like. Uh, and he's just constantly playing with it to create new sounds. As all good artists do, that's what they do. Adrian's heritage is basically a potpourri of cultural groups from Asia, Melanesia, and he grew up in Papua New Guinea. Always in the background, there was this distant northern Western Australian ancestry that wasn't really known. His great-grandmother, unfortunately, had been taken from that part of Australia and was taken to uh, Papua New Guinea. 
along with a lot of other Western Australian Indigenous people. And uh, it was all part of the Stolen Generation era, uh, where Adrian's family basically lost connection with those distant relatives in Australia. He had never been to the Kimberleys. Then one day... No, it was 1999. I, I went across on a, on a holiday. We went to... We are flying around and um, ended up in Broome. And it was in Broome where I actually walked into a, a Coles shop, you know, in a little... I suppose it's a suburb in Broome called Chinatown. And as with me second daughter, Marnie, who probably would have been about three, walking down this aisle to grab some stuff, and this old, old indigenous fellow, he's, he sort of spotted me a mile away and yelled out, called me over, called me a name, said, said, where the hell have you been? What, what you up to, you know? As I got close, I said, you were talking to me. He's going, yeah, yeah, son. And as I got closer, then he sort of, uh, you know, tuned in with me and said, oh, so, sorry, son, I thought you were one of my nephews. And we got to talking, and within, by that afternoon, of me giving the name of my my great-grandmother, Rosie Bombay, it was, okay, so where the hell have you guys been? Well, what happened to you? And and that's where the connection happened. Oh, wow. So I went back to his his home, he pulled out photos, and he's shown me photos of, of all the family over in, in West Australia, and we're sitting there going, on, on, I'm looking at faces. A lot of them had passed, but they were like replica, like photocopies of, of my own family, I've been, you know, of, of uncles, cousins, sure. whatever. It was just going, hang on, this, this is too close, too weird. And the same old, old fellow who, who passed away, probably about four years after that, um, who was slowly gathering information, actually documented information. When he passed away, I got word that he'd, he'd uh, got crook and and I ended up going over for his funeral. I made it to his funeral, and that was where I met the rest of the gang. And even, like, I was seeing, you know, firsthand the people who I'd seen in photos, and and they were they looked at us and thought, God, you know, they they make so this is family, pretty much. And and that's <clears throat> the old fellow who who gave me the name. He he actually gave me the name Jupurula, which is a, a, a skin name which covers up a big area, you know, from all the way down the central desert, you know, Pintubikin to all the way up to the Kimberley. And um, the like it's the area side of Queensland really, you know, where these the skin name the same type of skin name exists between different tribes. So anyway, Juparula is the this is the proper name, but um, when you find out the the when you get the knowledge of, of how they work and you know like all my brothers are Jupa rulers you know so in reality there's like a few thousand Jupa rulers around when I did use the word uh, the name Juparu it was just to separate, to separate yourself yeah out. so it was like shortens instead of yeah. Joseph I'd be Joe, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and but the name was used um, and Juparu is a lot easier to say oh, yeah. as far as the stage names concerned oh yeah for yeah. sure yeah. Um, and that's pretty much where it came from and, and the same old fella actually when he gave it to me he, he actually said you know if you ever go on stage or you know go and do something you, you use this name and it was sort of great idea it's it's great idea. Okay. it works well so when do you pick up the ditch uh, boarding school with boarding school in those you know, those from 77 
eighty eighty one when I started Gondwanaland started coming out on the on ABC radio, so that's where I first heard Charlie's stuff. Yeah, pop ditch. Yeah. Yeah, modern ditch. Ah, yeah, and it was like I gotta do this, you know. Yeah. The the position you get put into in boarding school was if you were a rat of a kid or what I reckon, you know, the brothers thought you were a rat, you got given jobs, you know, you know, like when everyone else is studying or having lunch or dinner or whatever, we got sent to vacuum the classrooms. And as long as the vacuum machine is going, no one checked on you. So myself and the other rats would um, turn the machines on and sit around blowing down these pipes, um, trying to get the dig sound with the vacuum cleaner yeah. going over the top of us. And no one would touch us. So that was the roots of it. You know, it was like... So during your um, mm. uh, engineering days, your uh, sound, guy sound, days. sound yeah. engineering days, did you uh, play any dig during that period? I used to. Uh, yeah, I'd, did you play bands or anything? Did you? You know, I'd, I'd jump up on stage. I'd get invited on stage by the bands I was mixing. Oh, okay. Like, oh, we've got a part. Can you come up and play on this part? And I'd go, oh, well, well the only dig I had then was a was in a D or something. You know, it was like a. It was a one. The first time I ever met Charlie, he gave it to me. So. This is, is, I, is this a PVC dig no, no, or a no, wood? This was a, a wood. This is right. the first log I ever got. So, I, and wherever I went, this was always in my car. It was that you know? It, was, it became like you know, my little brother. Just whatever gig it was, you know, if someone, oh yeah, well, can you play dig? Yeah, 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 I can or whatever. And I used to go and practice. You know, we'd, we'd set up the PA and you'd have a few hours. So I'd go and grab the dig and go and have a bit of a practice, and and they'd go, oh yeah, man, you got to get up. So that's where. That was the only sort of digging I was sort of doing. Right. Um, that's when I was doing the PA stuff. But in amongst all this PA stuff, uh, Charlie and I got pretty good mates. And, and Charlie Mark's got, what, 30 years of playing with, um, well, Goodwana Land was his band, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, well, he started from five, I think. Really? He's five yeah. years old. I mean, but he's played with, what, Midnight Oil and... He, uh, any any time you want a professional dig player, yeah. he's the man to call. He's the he? guy. He's yeah. the guy. Yeah, he still is today. You know, pretty much most of the riffs or the styles of dig playing that are played now by anyone in the world have copied off Charlie. Yeah. Because if you go to the real traditional styles of playing, none of that, unless you 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 go to you know traditional Karabi kind of uh, ceremonies and you listen to that style. Um, it's nothing like what everyone's playing outside of Arnhem Land, you know? It, it's the modern riffs, the modern tongue movement, the mouth, you know, the the different sounds your mouth is making is all pretty much okay. what, what Charlie started okay. doing and, you know, I think everyone's copied. Unfortunately, no one's given much acknowledgement to the fact that you know, where'd you hear it? You know, well, reality you heard well, it from Charlie. You know, I, I, I find that shocking because mm. when I saw you on stage two years ago mm. and I saw that you had a didgeridoo bone, mm. the first person I thought of was Charlie McMahon. Yeah, oh, great. It's that, that very instant. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know who you were, yeah, but I yeah. knew that had something to do with Charlie McMahon. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. You're now professionally playing? Yeah, this yeah. Is, this is your time. career? This is a full-time job. It was a bit of a fluke, you know. I mean, the main reason I, I actually started playing with the, the involvement with Didgeridoo Bone. As, as soon as that came into uh, play, it was, okay, well, 
I then had to concentrate. I thought, well, I'm going to go and invest in something. This is know, manufacturing yeah, of yeah, the this is financially, the financial part of it I got involved with. So it was like, for me to pay the bank back, I'm going to still work, you know, my courier job, driving job, which I had then in try and, you know, show the rest of the world that, hey, you know, there's this really cool instrument. Other than the fact that it makes some amazing sounds for us, it's, um, I've got to pay, pay this bank, bank loan back sort of thing. So that was when everything went real dead serious. And, and, you know, as much as the pedals I've got now, two of them, the old Zoom 508s they're called, um, Charlie had already been experimenting with them at the time that I, I jumped in and he pretty much pulled me into the room and said, don't tell no one about these, but the guts of them, you know? He said, did you know you can do this, 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 and this, and this? And it's like, no, I didn't know that because I didn't have any reason to know about them, you know, except for someone else was using it. So then Charlie then ran them through me, showed me, showed me what he was doing with them. I thought, man, that's, that's cool, you know, that's, and then, but we were. And just, is this just with the didgeridoo? Or is this with yeah, the face no, base? No, this was with the face base and the, yeah, the, right, the, the combination, bone, the, the combination of that yeah. and that. And Charlie was using only one at the time. We're thinking, okay, well, that can do that, but you know, there's a lot of stuff missing in there. You know, like the whole idea was just perfect. You can, one person can do amazing amount of sounds. Well, here. what I love that what you can do is you can actually take uh, make a noise mm. with the face base mm. and sample that mm. and then loop it yeah. and have that as your yeah yeah well it's a reproduction of the old clapstick yeah, isn't it pretty much yeah, yeah. And, and you just have that and you build up multiple layers of those loops yeah, yeah. and then you put all your effects in of the face base exactly. and then you add the dig and mm. you've got this whole cacophony of sounds yeah yeah it's yeah. just extraordinary it's mesmerizing i would have got in the same position with you with what you just explained with Chai when he showed me just one of those zoom pedals and we're still finding new new things that they can do but also with these other extra pedals that I've then started investing in we've slowly yeah been it's extraordinary yeah, you're a, so. you're a, you're a walking talking one man band aren't you yeah we're well, pretty much yeah and and we've actually Charlie and I've have got on stage together so you imagine like two of these yeah, just me and him on stage. Sort yeah, of. I'd love to see that. Yeah, and and it's happened a few times in, but only in Sydney though. So right. hopefully we can whiz something up, you know, up here in Brisbane. You know, mm, well, if I'm in Sydney and you're doing it, I'll come and see. Yeah. So where's your where's your career going? And and I we've been mm. I've been, you've been really gracious and letting me catch you today because mm. you're a little bit busy. What's happening in the next little while for people who want to know? Because this so, podcast does go international. Um, mm. Are you got any stuff happening overseas? Planet Indigenous Festival is, is being held in August. Um, Where's that? In Toronto. Canada. Toronto, Canada. It's, it's at a place called the Harbour Front Centre. Okay. Which is like the, the Australian Opera House kind of setup. Okay. But bigger. So okay. there's that and probably a whole heap of shows in and out of there. And then it's from there we come back. There's a whole heap of stuff going on I have to go to Melbourne for and hopefully... This stuff we do in Melbourne, which is still to be confirmed, is then takes me to Russia to the Moscow Circus Festival. I think it's two months in New Caledonia with the Fem Funk Festival, and and so I'm sort of doing a whole lot of schools type um, workshopy stuff in New Caledonia, touring all different primary high schools as well. So 
So you're an educator, not just a performer. I think that's the, the education part is the more, I do more of that than I do playing music festivals. Okay. Actually, in fact, if there is some sort of opportunity that, that opens the door for me, I, I think that's where you'd sort of, what you'd position me as, you call me an opportunist or whatever. But if something pops up, like, for example, I probably would never have done schools um, if I didn't have kids. You know? Yeah, right. So it, it was like, as soon as my, my children started going to primary school, you know, and then you get school teachers going, hey, we heard you can play the didge, do you mind coming in? And I sort of go in then, and all of a sudden it's like, other teachers are going, oh, would you be able to come to our school? Could you, we heard you play, you know, because my friend is a, you know, and, and this is where I suppose then the passion starts, kicks in, because then all of a sudden you've got some kids coming up to you going, a little, little young, young fella, he's, he would have been about 10, 11 years old, came up, little white kid and white fella, and he said, you know, you're, you're the first Aboriginal I've met. I said, oh, yeah, and... What do you reckon? We all right or what? And he says, "Oh, yeah, you're the coolest." You <laughs> know, and he's like, "Oh," he says, "Well, don't you don't you hang around with any Aboriginal guys? Is your oh, your father have any good mates? You know, no, we there's not many Aboriginals around here. So you know, mm. then that sort of that that part of it goes. Okay, well, you know, no wonder we have all these, you know." problems between black and white Australia because of the fact that there, there isn't many of us and, and if there is anything that is broadcast whether it's through the media it's always pretty rough stuff or unless you're Cathy Freeman who hmm. you know goes and does something incredible well then hey everyone loves an Aboriginal but then you know you, you get any other issue and it's like oh we all hate aboriginals you know you know that's mm. that's the, the, the whole well this circuit. this is a good news story this is about music you know you have to yeah. be aboriginal you know as well yeah, you know, yeah. bonus yeah you know yeah. well that's the thing you know and and i suppose with with when you're adding all of this sort of stuff together as to in the end you know everyone has problems all around the world and, and i've been lucky enough to go to and see see different situations you meet different people but in the end the main thing that matters is, is who you're looking after, you know, whether it's yourself or your mother or your father, whatever. You know, everyone's got to do it, you know, do their job there. So, yeah, and no, I'm just lucky the music's driving me well, around the place. Well, so. this music is extraordinary. I just, I just love it. So, cool. Adrian, would you like to play us out? All right, yeah, yeah, give yeah us, we can do that. What, um, give us... Well, uh, what I'll do is... Yep. I'll go through, my, like, my chaos pad... Yep, and I'll, I'll give you an example of, of how I sort of did it. Where, okay, the chaos pad, I found this dub delay kind of sound, like. Okay. So if I just blow down, I'll use a didgeridoo mark two. So that's just a chaos pad, and how it works, it's actually made for DJs. It's uh, you know, for disc jockeys so to play all their trancey stuff at clubs and uh, I found it in Tokyo about 2008 okay so and it has this really nice there's 128 settings in there but I'm using what's called the dub delay part and, and it just creates some really nice smooth delays um, so once I found this I thought well what else can I use with it so
Okay, so that's that. If I add a beat to it, then it sort of comes up with. Okay, then the dub delay, the time settings are exactly in the right timing. Okay, everything's working in sync. Then I then drop in my background rhythm, my, okay, uh, my loops.
There are eight million stories in the naked city. This has been one of them.